Damo, can you believe Christmas is almost here? Thank God for Well and You, Brett, eh? If you're looking for inspirational gifts for your friends, family or colleagues, then Well and You have you covered. Why not give away The John, the iconic journal of me, which has taken the world by storm to help your loved ones create an incredible 2016. Or the beautiful coffee table book, INQ, The Inspirational Quotient. This stunning, full-colour coffee table book with inspiring quotes and images is the perfect Christmas gift. To see the full range of Christmas ideas, simply go to www.wellandyou.com. That's www.wellineux.com. You're listening to The One Minute Mindfulness Show with Vicky Kelly and Natalie McIver. This is The One Minute Mindfulness Show where we explore the life-enhancing power of retraining and reclaiming our attention and everyday ways to strengthen our capacity for mindful living. I'm Vicky Kelly and today I'm really excited to have a wonderful guest on our show and we're going to be exploring everything affirmation. We've got um, Chris Cassio is a doctoral candidate at the Annenberg School for Communication at the University of Pennsylvania. He's broadly interested in communication neuroscience and he combines methods from communication studies and social neuroscience. Chris's research focuses on neurocognitive mechanisms associated with social influence and persuasive health messages delivered through the mass media in order to better understand our subsequent behaviour. So that sounds really exciting, Chris. Tell us a little more about that. It's a, it was um, that's sort of the geeky science version of you. Huh? <laughs> um, yeah, it is. So that's um, sort of my passion is, is how can we use tools like neuroscience to try and really better understand um, health behaviours and and how we're influenced by especially things like media, which I think we're exposed to all the time, and we. Really really underestimate the amount of influence it has over us. Um, and it's really difficult to reflect on why things like media alters our behavior because it's such small increments that we're exposed to things and we're not really considering it while we're watching, let's say, a TV program. Yeah. Um, so that's really we're pushed consuming, my We're consuming our media at a breaknecking pace. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And especially with, um, you know, the new media environment. So having, you know, cell phones now that get on the internet and we can get our shows through things like mm. Netflix and whatever it may be. Um, it's just, uh, it's so integrated in our life now. Um, so it's, I think it's important for us to try and understand how is that influencing our behavior. And uh, for me, neuroscience is one way to sort of peek behind what might be happening that people are not aware of. Yeah. And so do you, do you uh, apart from um, this current study that we'll talk about in a minute, um, focusing around affirmations, do you also look at interventions through the media to help um, influence people's medium or long-term behavior in, in a positive way? Yeah, so I think uh, the main thing we try to look at, uh, I haven't gotten into complicated media sources yet, so one direction I'd like to go into is how do things like um, uh, parasocial relationships that we form with uh-huh. media characters, how do those things influence um, our behaviors? And that's a pretty complicated behavior. And for those of you that might not know what parasocial relationships are, they're these friends we sort of form with media characters. Um, let's say it's a show that we like and we continually come back to watch each day or once a week. 
and you like sort of form these bonds. Are they like the reality TVs, like the Kardashians? Or yeah, 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 yeah. So let's say it, it sort of becomes like they're sort of your friends, and it's this weird one-sided relationship where you mm. you know lots about them, and you know they know obviously nothing about you. Exactly. Um, but it's interesting to me how 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 media we're so connected to it now. How these relationships might be transforming our behavior really without our knowledge. Yes. Yeah. Um, so that's one way to look at it. Um, and then the, uh, the more, uh, the clearer way that we're looking at this, uh, since it's a little bit more complicated right now, we mainly look at how do things like public service announcements. So anti-tobacco commercials or, um, you know, PSAs asking you to increase physical activity. Mm-hmm. Um, how can we land those messages and how can we get those through to people um, and try to um, get people to engage in healthier behaviors? Right. Okay. So it's 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 affirmations in in a passive form almost, downloading into our neural space. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so today. Um, where particularly I, the thing that I was really um, interested in when I was I listened to one of your interviews is one of the cornerstones of the positive psychology movement in um, using how how we use positive affirmations and, and whether or not the way that we're using them is as effective as we we thought they were. I know there's lots of anecdotal um, evidence out there that suggests that you know affirmations are a, a good way or po- using positive affirmations. And many of us and many of the our Omling community have played with affirmations at some point in varying forms, whether it's, you know, reciting, reciting I am's in the mirror or using the, the written writing down our affirmations or in a, in a more passive form, you know, our self-talk and the, the way right. we're uh, maybe negatively affirming ourselves or our situations. And so your study was focused on some particular elements of um, affirmations and the way affirmations sit within our brain and our nerve system and particularly around the, our core values. Mm-hmm and utilising those to almost turn up the dial on the effectiveness of them, yeah? that's That was what I got from the, the interview. Yeah, I think that's correct. I think uh, the main interest was really to try and affirmations are uh, sort of this complicated thing that seems to work really well. And in the context where we studied it, at least, um, we were talking about affirmations um, that are used to buffer basically when your sense of self gets threatened. So, um, so what's an example about this? Of that? Uh, yeah, so an example might be, let's say I'm a sedentary individual, so someone who doesn't exercise uh-huh. a whole lot or maybe not at all, and I know this is an unhealthy behavior. I know um, it's recommended that I should get so many minutes of exercise per day. Um, so let's say then I hear a message and someone tells me being physically inactive uh, puts me at an increase for heart disease, uh-huh. uh, and it could threaten my health, and and the list goes on and on. And this type of information is, um, it, it's sort of threatening to myself. It says my the behavior that I'm currently engaged in, which is part of my personality or who I am, um, at least at that moment in time, it, is being threatened. So, self affirmations, and what we look at is how can someone use a self affirmation 
to not get defensive in that case mm-hmm. and actually take that information in and think through it a little bit and say, okay, maybe, um, maybe I agree with this. Maybe I do need to change my behavior. Um, rather than the typical response, I think, without an affirmation or just a quick, typical knee-jerk response, if someone said that to you, would be, well, I'm busy with work or you know, you might come up with lots of different excuses as to why you're not able to exercise. We go say. into immediate defense. Correct. Yeah, <laughs> we're yeah, exactly. Out, we're defending yeah. our identity or opposite to that, we start judging on ourselves. Yeah. And yeah. That doesn't, that's, doesn't seem to be um, a long-term motivator either for any behavioral change. Yeah, and that's, that's not going to get us to the goal of, let's say, becoming more physically active. That's just going to continually put ourselves down yeah. and probably put us in a state that isn't uh, – isn't going to allow us to change our behavior. So, okay. yeah, so these affirmations are really aimed at how do we reduce that defensiveness to yep. try and get people to absorb a health message um, in order to, to make their, uh, you know, become more healthy. And, and, um, and the ultimate study- aim is that, that you, that through the, the affirmations in the way that you would form them are creating a medium or long-term behavioral change. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's essentially why why all of us, uh, you know, positive psychology geeks or or, or the Omling community, <laughs> we're wanting to retrain or reclaim our attention so that we can take action towards that, you know, ideal version of ourselves. Because it's easy it's easy to be, at, you know, a really great person and do really cool things for our health and our energy right. and our life when things are going our way. When things aren't going our way. Yeah that's when things seem to fall off the rails. So when we're, when we're utilising these interventions, if you like, um, we like to know that they work. So, Chris, do affirmations work? <laughs> yeah, so I think, um, you know, the research definitely suggests they do. I know there's a lot of long-term effects that are witnessed, especially in the education literature that show effects throughout the school year. Um, and even within our own study, we wanted not only to try and better understand the neural mechanisms that underlie affirmations and why are they successful. But um, we also tested this uh, in a group of sedentary adults um, measuring um, levels of physical activity and sedentary behavior, um, both pre and then for a month following our experiment um, through the use of accelerometers, so Uh measuring the amount of steps that they took. Um, And we found evidence that over the course of the following month, the affirmations worked in curbing people's behavior and got them to become less wow. sedentary over that time. So so we have at least some so evidence that there's a... Active, without any um, active change in, in their behaviour, they just did that almost organically as a result of, of using affirmations. Yeah, so it was... Uh, yeah, so the affirmations were... Yeah, so in comparison to our control group, yeah. um, they, the, the people, the uh, participants who got the affirmations... Um, change their behavior significantly more than the just typical control group who basically maintained um, their original behavior prior to the start of the study. Now we want the juice of it. What were the affirmations? (laughs) How were they delivered? (laughs) Yeah, so um, what we tried to do is, um, this was actually a little bit difficult. We tried to to replicate what uh, researchers do in a laboratory to try and replicate that in a neuroimaging environment. It's a little difficult. Um, not sure if you've ever been in an MRI, but they're just these small tubes that are about as wide as your shoulders. 
Um, it's sort of this really weird environment. So we had to try to figure out how can we pull off uh, affirmation intervention inside this foreign environment so we can capture neural activity. Yeah. And what we did is we tried to uh, replicate what people would do in a writing exercise. So a lot of these, our typical affirmation is um, a researcher will give you, let's say, a list of eight values or 10 values or something like that. And they'll be ranked from, let's say, family and friends to mm -hmm. politics to money. And you put them in order of importance to you. And people in the affirmation condition will get um, whatever their highest ranked value was, let's say family and friends, and they'll be asked to write about that for 15 minutes or something. Okay, yeah. And then they'll be exposed to the message. So to replicate that in a scanning environment, what we did was um, during two tasks, we had people go through and we gave them cues and said, here was the thing that, you know, let's say family and friends, you rated this as the highest value to you. And we're going to walk you through reflecting on family and friends. Um, so we gave them little prompts. Think about a time when you had fun with family and friends um, yeah, to get them sort of get their mindset on, on this value. And then in our control participants, they uh, were exposed to their lowest rated value. So something they, we assume they did not value all that much. Um, and then in a, the next task, we compared participants thinking about um, these value statements in both a past and future context. Mm -hmm. So think about a time in the past where you had fun with family and friends. Think about a time in the future where you had fun with family and friends. And then compare that to uh, everyday scenarios. So think about a time in the past when you brushed your teeth. Um, or think about a time in the future when you're going to brush your teeth. Something pretty routine, something that doesn't have a lot of value associated with it. It's just some routine behavior that you typically do. Yeah. Um, uh, and that's how we carried out the actual self-affirmation task in the scanning environment. Um, and like I said, that was with sedentary adults. And then what we finally so exposed them to was some help. It wasn't oh, specific to exercise. It was just specific to what matters, what was important to that person. They're based around their values and re and reflecting yeah. on something that was um, positive in the past about what mattered to them, yeah. and then uh, leaning towards focusing on something that was could a positive event or situation around the future about mm. something that mattered to them, not that they were out were running 10 miles. Right. right. And I actually think um, that point is really important. Um, so within self-affirmation literature, the research suggests that it's important that the affirmation is actually not related to the behavior you want to change. Wow. Um, so that's a big one. Say, say that again. Yeah. So, so self-affirmations, they, they can't be. So if you want to become, let's say, in this case, more physically active, yeah. your affirmation can't be around, it would be good for me to become physically active and I can imagine all the health benefits. Um, it's important that the affirmation is lean, about something I am unrelated. a lean, fit fighting machine. Yeah, well. yeah, you don't want to do that. So, I mean, that will, I, I'm sure there's a time and place for that and that helps <laughs> motivate behavior change. But um, for the actual affirmation, it's important that it's unrelated to the behavior that you're concerned about. Um, and this is where something like family and friends is generally the most common um, 
thing that people usually use as a self-affirmation because um, it's pretty broad and, and it's something that most of us have a lot of value on those relationships. Um, and it sort of transcends a lot of stuff in life. Uh, I can imagine if you think about, you know, children or your kids, um, you know, those things are really important to most parents and um, it sort of transcends all other things in your life. So, and it would that's be a what reason. Makes... It would be a reason to make behaviors towards a healthier version or a better version of yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So, um, so I think it's it's not that it's totally unrelated, but it's uh, um, yeah. You wouldn't want to be thinking about exercise if that's the thing for you the want sake to of exercise. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and then um, yep. So. Uh, wow, that's sorry. great! So you brought up that important point, and now I don't remember what I was saying before that. I know, no, it was it was so it was so important that point about it not being related to the to the behaviour that you're wanting to change, but actually yeah. that we're reflecting on what's important in our lives, whatever that is for us. You know, my values would be different to yours. There may be some intersection of that, but I decide that it's my family um, is number one. And when I reflect on how I love my family and some past events and some and you know to to sort of I, I guess build up that that positive feeling and that open up my heart yeah. in some way, yeah. Then be yeah. able to focus in on the future and what that um, would mean family wise and some events or episodes or how I would love my family to how. It, experience me in the future will ultimately change my behavior now yeah so i think um what our study really spoke to is is that those types of values really give allow someone maybe to have this positive broadened sense of yourself Mm -hmm. um where then an individual threat coming in is not so so bad anymore because you have this really large thing that you can fall back on and feel good about and you can say now I can deal with information that maybe in general I wouldn't want to normally deal with. Um, so we, in the case yes. of our, our participants, they um, after all that affirmation stuff was completed, um, we did then expose them to health messages and said, okay, now we want to tell you about sedentary behaviors and how bad they are for you. Um, and we did give them information that was pretty threatening um, it wasn't framed as, uh, you know, kind of being good or it's, you know, we didn't soften it at all. We said, uh, the facts associated with sedentary behavior and how it's going to affect your health and you are in trouble if you don't curb your behaviors, which is very threatening. Um, but it allowed these people who got the affirmations to sort of deal with that. And then they did go on to change their behavior. Wow. So, so they, so you didn't, you didn't, um, give them, information about things they needed to do or or what they needed to do to make the change you just gave them the information about what the 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 you, you almost simulated a future possibility of what would happen if they didn't make change um yes so uh, actually the messages so that is um we wrote up a different study um pertaining more to those health messages but that um the messages were mixed. So some of them were threatening messages that were, if you don't change your behavior, you're at an increased rate for heart disease and things yeah. like that. However, some of the messages we did give them were um, things that they could do. So 
When you okay. go to the grocery store, you could park at the furthest parking spot away rather than the closest or okay. take the stairs, not the elevator. Um, so there were so some you were planting you were planting some seeds. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But it was so a it was a combination of both. So, so my understanding is, Chris, that that essentially from from the study that you've done, and I know before we started this um, interview, you talked about your now because as a result of the study, you, you're broadening the study into other areas um, moving forward. But the this study is that affirmations. They work. Uh, that mm-hmm. as they need to be not related to the behaviour that we're wanting to change, but really grounded in what what matters to us personally, and uh, a reflection exercise combined with a future possibility, seeing something positive in the future around our core values, around what what matters to us most, actually does help us to shift our behavior organically almost. Yeah, and I think um, one sort of one last important point on that was um, the past versus future um, thinking. So we found um, at least neural activity is heightened during um, future scenarios. So mm-hmm. creating some hypothetical future scenario involving your friends and family was much more strongly linked to behavior change than was the past condition, um, which was really interesting. We weren't, um, there's some literature on future thinking and simulating future events that sort of lines up really nicely with this and, and suggests that that is going to be more beneficial than thinking about a time in the past when you might have had fun with somebody or. So, so. And is that um, because, yeah, of where, because is that because of where it fires in the brain? Yeah, so um, that though thinking about future events in the affirmation condition for us, we found um, was really correlated highly with activity in um, reward regions. So yeah, yeah and we love know, rewards. That, we love yeah, yeah. we love all those yummy hormones <laughs> washing. And that was cu- <laughs> cu- coupled with um, neural regions involving self-referential um, processing. So thinking about the self. So coupled together, um, future-orientated affirmations really um, dialed up activity in those regions, which then went on to predict behavior. So um, there's something to that. Uh, I think we need to explore it a little bit further in future studies, but um, uh, that is definitely a key key finding to our research. So um, simulating those that that uh, future possibility in terms of uh, around our values is 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 good for us on lots of different levels. And so yeah. examples of that is is the visualizing. Is visualizing an example of that? Visualizing um, how I would love my future to look across those core values? Yeah, so I think, uh, I mean, that would be, um, I think a key to it, that is, let's say, friends and family where you're, you're the key value for yourself. Um, Visualizing and thinking through, I think, not just the context of participating in activities with your family, but thinking really about um, the value that they bring to your life mm-hmm. uh, is, is what I think is key to all of this, is really simulating 
that feeling of future value associated with these people and, and how that relates to your life. So the feeling of love and, and connectedness yes. and how yeah. um, the, the type of relationship that, that you're wanting to cultivate and show up in uh, visually or in conversations or in experiences, but not necessarily focusing just on those experiences, more on, on the, the, um, the the well i guess the feeling that we're wanting to evoke yeah of of connection of love of yeah yeah so i think that's the key or you know i that's something that we need to test in future studies and this is one of the big things that i i really want to look at is trying to dissect the difference between thinking about the context of the situation versus um the feelings associated with that value mm-hmm. but i um, just based on the research we have right now, my hunch is that it's really associated with um, those feelings rather than just simply thinking about an activity or an experience or uh, some sort of situation. Great. Okay. So, so from the from the study that you've done now, and and uh, it sounds like you're going to do lots more studies, which we're very excited about. <laughs> is where um, our affirmations are reflecting on. Maybe the past to bring up a memory of that feeling, but really shifted and focused towards the future and simulating those those possibilities in the future of the feeling base. So, uh, uh, cultivating emotions that w- that we're that we're wanting to um, create and build and grow around our core values of family and friends. So whether it's love and connection, whether it's fun and playfulness and happiness, whether we're seeing big smiles on, you know, each other's faces, whatever, whatever that is to us and whatever um, matters most in and around those, those values and how we're bringing value and they're bringing value to us. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a, a a great summary of, um, you know, something to do going forward or something that we should be doing. Every and day what that ultimately to... means, what that ultimately means is that we get to um, cultivate behaviors in ourselves organically that move us towards that, fulfilling that intention. And it's, and it's not related to the behavior at all. Our personal practice isn't necessarily yeah. related to our behavior. It's related to these other um, core values, which naturally shifts and changes our behavior. Yeah, and that's that's yeah. the most exciting part of this whole interview, Chris. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, so here's a question for you: given that given that you've you've done this research and you've you've found out some um, pretty significant things about the way our brain processes things and how we can utilize what we're thinking about to um, enhance our our brain processing for our Omling community, what's uh, one thing that we could do? at least once a day that would take a minute or less um, that or it could be a personal practice that you have that we could use as an intervention or an exercise in our personal practice that would that would um, shift us in in a more positive direction yeah um, so I think uh, just a quick thing to do in life is really just to spend a few minutes or a minute each day um, and reflecting on some of the things that mean a lot to you in life. So some of your core values, whether it's friends and family or whatever it may be, um, just spending some time to really think about what role that plays in your life and, and 
um, you know, spending some time maybe simulating some future ideas of how that plays out and the feelings that it gives you, I think will help people out a lot. Um, and I think if at all possible, when you do encounter threatening information to yourself, um, if you can take a quick second and remember those values and then engage with that type of information, um, that may be helpful. Although I know that's really difficult in the, in the moment when presented with that information, it's hard to, to do that. But uh, I think that would help reduce some defensiveness and, and really help people engage with what's in front of them rather than, um, than just try to sidestep it. Yeah, which is which is we we talk a lot about that, you know, shifting the brain into a state where we're more resourceful rather than in that reactive stress stressful state. And what I'm yeah. getting from you is this being able to just reflect and sit with your core values really shifts your brain into a state of being more resourceful and more able to to um, create a response that's closer to that better version of us um, versus yeah. just going into reaction or, or um, you know, chanting I ams isn't necessarily the, the, best, the best way for us. It, it's, it has its value, but it isn't right. necessarily the best way to shift our brain into that most resourceful state. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I think if we can, if we can shift our thinking a little bit, this will um, at least help us approach tough and stressful issues in our life uh, a little bit, uh, you know, let, let us think through those things a little bit clearer um, rather than kind of operating in a little bit of a fog and, and, and just having a knee-jerk reaction and trying to get away from the situation just to protect ourselves. I, I think this would um, go a long ways in life to sort of help us make better decisions. And be, and be, um, and probably be able to step into that, uh, you know, this happens to a lot of people, that shared humanity of being yeah. able to relate with others who are going through tough situations rather than being going into defensive mode or trying to fix it for people, showing up to our own um, stresses or challenges in a, in a compassionate way, I think helps us to also do that with others. And being able to reflect and, and build on those values and build on that part of the brain that just is able to be more resourceful in that state helps us to also be there for others when when they're needed because uh yeah, yeah, yeah. there's one guarantee in life that there's going to be ups and downs hey <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah and we get all you know a little more empathy in the world is a great thing so it is um, it is a great thing hey chris thank you so much this has been amazing and uh we would love to have you back on the show at at another time when you've got some more research or even just to continue this conversation because it's been certainly illuminating for me but at, at the moment it brings us to the end of the show so i really want to say thank you for for being part of the show and making the time to share with our yeah. awesome community um we, i know we'll certainly get some benefit out of this uh i will pop i Thank you. you. You sent me some links to some of your research and and some some other work that you're doing. So, and your um, the neuroscience lab has a whole website and there's some interesting news articles and uh, articles on that. Best of luck with your uh, future studies and and work and all that the amazingness you bring to the world. You're a gift to to <laughs> our community. 
So thank you. Uh, thank you so much. And um, if you love this show, Omlings, please go now and post it or tweet it. Share it with your online uh, community. And until next time, please do remember to pause, breathe and smile your way through your days as you reflect on those things that are most important to you. Uh, until next time, stay amazing. Thank you. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.